Welcome to The Greenhouse Effect. Our hope is that this podcast would be like a greenhouse to help you get unstuck and grow in your full potential because life ought to be fully lived. Hey, we are back. <laughs> Keep trying. Thanks, Greg. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Are you here? Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> Okay, everyone, here we are at the Greenhouse Effect podcast, and I'm just really excited for today. This is another conversation edition with me, Steve Perkins, and Tommy Thompson, and this one's good. This one may, you know, have confused you a bit by the title, but it's going to become clear really fast. So uh, I'll dive right into our question, and Tommy, you can take us to teaching land here. What, (laughs) What are the key practices that can keep our axes sharpened over the long haul? Okay, so it, this probably does take a little bit of uh, explanation. This uh, comes out of uh, Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh-huh. Um, and the last, uh, I think it's the last point in his Seven Habits is about sharpening the axe. And he tells the story of two lumberjacks who are um, trying to cut down the maximum number of trees that they can cut down. And one is clearly putting, a competition I do yeah, every, every week. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we ought to try it this weekend. <laughs> uh, so one is just chopping away and using all the muscle. The other one chops for about 20 minutes and takes a little five, 10 minute break, then chops for uh, 20 minutes and takes another break. And it looks like, but he was chopping down like double the other person. <laughs> and what came to realize is that those breaks during each one of them, he was taking his axe and he was resharpening the edge. And so that every stroke that he took in cutting down those trees was with a sharp, penetrating axe. And so Stephen Covey then talks about us sharpening who we are, sharpening the the tools and and the edges of our life so that we are most effective and that we need to take the time away from chopping down the trees to sharpen who we are in order to be the most effective people. And this is a, I just think this is such a powerful topic because when we think about really having an impact and really living in your sweet spot and making everything, every moment count, um, there's a phrase that a mentor used once with me said, don't miss the intersections. You know, every day, Mm -hmm. every person you talk to, every encounter, even just at the grocery store in the checkout line or in a business meeting or in a conversation with your spouse or your your friend, every interaction like that is a chance to make a positive impact in the world. And and I, I think this topic gets at how you can do that. Right. And it, it, it's so important because if, uh, if we do what seems most natural, which is try to run at full speed all the time to, in order to have the most impact that we can have, we may really miss the boat and have a much lesser impact mm-hmm. than we have. So we were talking, you know, over lunch and how amazing it is with Jesus that he existed for 30 years before he started his little three-year you know, ministry time, right. and he took a lot of breaks in the midst of all of that. And yet we somehow think that we have to absolutely go nonstop, and we just become dull. Yeah. Yeah, so 
take us into this, Tommy. I mean, what is what is the first aspect of this that someone should be thinking about? Well, there are a lot of ways of going about being a person who constantly is sharpening the axe. So there's not like one little set of activities. So one of the things I'd love to share is three core fundamental practices that for me have been um, so meaningful in helping me keep my axe sharp, so to speak, that I think that if most people did, they would find it true. They're not you know, exclusive or exhaustive mm-hmm. by any means, but these are, are some practices that I think work very well. Awesome. That end. Okay. Yeah. So what's one of those? So the first one I would uh, put down is to say written reflections, written reflections. And that's choosing the practice of daily reflecting on your life, what's going on within you, around you, in writing. Uh, the key to that is the combination of reflecting and reflecting on paper. Uh, when we choose the easier path of uh, just being a kind of a reflective person, that's all nice, soft, and cushy and everything, but it doesn't it doesn't have the precision that happens when we choose to write down our reflections. There's so many times that I've found that I have been muddled in my mind, muddled about what I was thinking or feeling about something, about what I was learning about something, that when I went through the exercise of saying, okay, I'm going to start to put some of these thoughts down, type them into my computer or write them down, that it was like everything came into focus. And so the the more that becomes a regular practice in our life, the more we get clarity, the more we are self-aware, the more we are aware of things going on around us. And that very process helps keep the act sharp. Okay. But there's, I mean, there's so many <laughs> things to do every day, right? <laughs> there's, I'm constantly behind the messages I have to respond to and all this stuff. Absolutely. But that's the whole parable of the acts is that, you know, we think that we're being more productive by just keeping on chopping away at these things. We think that only makes sense. And and the whole parable of that acts is that, no, you actually step away from that and you go the counterintuitive uh, direction of saying, I'm going to take some time that I don't think I have to do work that tires me out, that's going to actually make me that much better. So it, it is counterintuitive, but I've certainly found it to be a life-changing process, as as all of these uh, sharpening the axe practices are. Okay. All right. So written reflections, kind of an internally focused right. one. Yeah. So the, the second one that I would uh, suggest is what I am terming peer mentoring. Okay. All right. And that's simply the regular practice of sitting down with someone and talking and walking alongside one another through life. So uh, I've had the, the, the joy and the privilege of doing this with 
a few different people now over many decades. And so many people want to understand the will of God or they want to understand what they do. And they they simply work on the interior for that. Uh-huh. And yet the wisdom of those closest to us that we choose to walk alongside can have such an amazing impact on our lives. So those relationships are not only the the source of the greatest joy in life, but they're also the source of some of the greatest wisdom because we can't see what we can't see. Right. And it's it, it almost seems like a this peer mentoring idea was always part of the fabric of life and relationships. And in the recent past, it's like our culture lost a a bit of that. It feels like it's coming back as more of an important thing um, to be doing. Boy, I really hope so. I really hope so because I I do see how our culture has uh, become uh, less connected you know, on on a on a personal basis, we we have a lot of interaction, but it's not personal, it's not real, and it's not deep. And so this this practice of choosing to live deeply and richly and vulnerably with another person, I think, can completely change us. And what does it look like for someone who's not even familiar with that concept? What's the difference between peer mentoring and just regular friend? friendships? Well, normally, I mean, if there, it's a lot of fun to go, you know, sit down and watch a football game with friends. That's great. You know, and, and, I, you know, even have dinner with friends and everything, but to have an intentional time where, where your really only purpose is to walk alongside with each other, to talk. So these, these friendships are ones where, you know, I've gone to breakfast with them for, you know, 20 or 30 years and we get together and we have no agenda other than to just sit and talk about what's going on in our lives and talk about things that we're struggling with or things that we're excited about. And there's not an agenda with it. Whereas usually we are in so many of our friend activities, we're actually just doing activities with people along. And that's great. Not not diminishing that in the slightest, but there's something that's that can be even more in terms of helping us grow and that's this this intentional time of regularly being with people uh like-minded people that can help you grow and can help you see and can help you learn and you can do the same thing for them okay so uh i'm just really plain devil's advocate today <laughs> okay all right Fine. sounds good but come, come, come at it yeah, come at <laughs> so right. the next question i have though is how do you find a person like that? I mean, realistically, um, that that sounds a little daunting to some people. How do, how do you go about finding someone or somebodies that you can have that with? Yeah, well, to be honest, it is a little bit daunting. I mean, I can remember, you know, inviting a friend uh, to go get breakfast one time. And it was like, okay, so what do you want to talk about? Well, nothing. Um, okay. Uh, you're a little weird, aren't you? <laughs> and it, it was a little intimidating. And I yeah. felt like I was back in high school days asking uh-huh. a girl out and thinking I was going to get rejected and things. <laughs> but there are people that we do connect with. There are people that if we have our eyes open, we kind of see life in a similar vein. We think that 
we get them. And we think probably if we spent some time, they'd get us. And that's where we actually have to be bold because this matters enough to say, you know, let's just get together. And, you know, you're not getting married to the person or whatever. You're, you're beginning and you're starting to spend some time. And then if, if, if that kind of works, you just continue to do it. And there might be a time where you say, you know, this is just so good. Let's, let's get together every other week or whatever and talk. And that becomes the impetus for a lot of good things to happen. That's so good. And I think it's easy to front load too many expectations on yourself too. So, you know, if you're wanting to try this out, if this is inspiring to you, maybe invite a few different people out to coffee or breakfast or lunch sometime, um, you know, one-on-one and, and just give it a try and no, no expectations. So if there's not on either side, yeah. right. So if it doesn't seem like this is really something that both of us want to keep doing, that's fine. You don't have to have all these expectations around it. Right. I would suggest that you don't go to someone and say, would you like to meet together for breakfast for the next 30 years? (laughs) Oh, okay. Hold on. Rewind the podcast. (laughs) Would you like to be my peer mentor? Here's a ring. (laughs) So, okay. All right. So we've talked about written reflections as an internal way of sharpening the ax. Peer mentoring is an idea for externally kind of sharpening the ax. Um, And then what about, I think you mentioned there was a third one you wanted to touch on. Yeah. So, you know, the written reflections is about getting in touch with what's going on inside of you. And and then the peer mentoring, we're getting uh, feedback and learning from those outside of us. I think there's this other category that, um, that I kind of talk about is filling the tank. And we can do that through reading, through audiobooks, through podcasts, through connecting with the wisest, the smartest, the great experts uh, in areas that we want to grow. And this, oh, a regular diet of this can make quite a difference in our lives. So I remember, and maybe we'll talk about it one time in one of these podcasts, I can remember in my early 20s, uh, being a person who literally did not read a single book within a year. I hated reading. I was convinced that I hated reading. I was convinced that I would always hate reading. But I also knew that I was stagnating. And so I began what I thought was just going to be an utterly painful process of saying, (laughs) okay, in the next year, I'm going to read 10 books. And I thought it was like one of those audacious goals. Uh-huh. And I began doing it, and all of a sudden I found I was loving this. I, I was growing so much through these things that I was hearing that I'd never thought about. So the process of taking in through great reading, audiobooks, podcasts, incredible material, I think can help sharpen the axe in absolutely powerful ways. And when you Think about the compound effect of this over years and years. It's unbelievable how the effect that it can have on you as a person. I've even found through, especially reading books, but definitely podcasts as well, oftentimes the subject of the book isn't even my main takeaway. It's just the act of being in that content and taking something in. It sparks other ideas or thoughts. Right. And, you know, as an engineer, my background, um, being in engineering, I think about it like a black box, you know. So 
somebody who writes songs, let's say a musician, you know, most other people who aren't musicians think that's so amazing. They just come up with this magic out of thin air. Yeah. And yet you talk to an artist who writes and they say, no, 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 I'm constantly taking things in to that black box. And that sparks ideas for then having an output on the other side. So same thing with reading, listening to podcasts, et cetera. Um, You know, taking things in can help uh, can help you keep spurring new thoughts and ideas and growth. Yeah, and I would lo- I'd love to challenge people to take that even a step further to not only take in this material, but in select situations to take it in deeply. Mm. You know, to, what do you? Yeah, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that? So I, I listened to a, a great podcast. It was a interview of. Uh, Donald Miller with Andy Stanley, and it was on the five uh, five steps to effectively communicate. Mm-hmm. I listened to the uh, podcast and I went, wow, those are just incredible points. And then I thought, but I'm not going to remember them. So I went back and I re-listened and I wrote down some notes. I wrote down the five steps and I started to repeat them and I started to internalize them. Another great book that I read a while back I thought was so good that I outlined the entire book and that outlining internalized that so much more deeply. And there's so many books that we are inspired, but we don't retain them because frankly, even though it's great, all we do is read them. It's a good point. Another way that I've done that is sometimes if I hit a line or a paragraph in a book or um, a certain section of a podcast that really something it it kind of uh stirs something up in me i will actually stop there and just kind of think about that for a while That's or so write about it you know and i have to be honest it's it's painful sometimes cuz everything in the effective efficient part of me wants to complete the chapter complete the book listen through the podcast i have 10 more i got to get through this week ah, you know right and that all spins up inside but the reality is a little bit in depth goes so much further than a lot of bit shallow. It's so true. And that that type of practice would separate us from the masses. I mean, you think, you know, what a small percentage of people read and take in the material to begin with. And then what a small percentage of that of those people actually go deep and internalize and put those words into practice in their lives. So you're talking about a sharp ax. Now you're really getting to a sharp ax. Wow. You know, I'm almost picturing a funnel when you say that. And if you want to be someone who really becomes your best self and has a a great impact through your life, you know, it's that funnel you just followed. Those few who kind of come out the end there, they're really going deep with this stuff. Right. It's, it's almost like the image of a, of a light beam. You have the, you know, the the floodlight that that gives you know a broad, and then you can bring that beam down all the way until it's a laser hmm. that can absolutely sear. That's what this is talking about. So those those few books, and you know them when you read them, you know that that we should they should become the fiber of our being. Yeah, and uh-huh. that's when some things really happen. That's when that axe really gets sharpened. Okay. So one practical tip for everybody on this. Um, if you're anything like me, you can start to feel overwhelmed with 
the backlog <laughs> of things you need right. to consume. And, you know, I, for anyone who's listening to this podcast, right, we're giving them a recommendation each time and the list can build up pretty quickly. Right. So here's a little pro tip. If you're feeling that overwhelm or if you're feeling uh, wanting to get to a lot of books, podcasts, videos, and they're building up, just keep a, a backlog for yourself. So the way I do this, I use Evernote for a lot of my note keeping and organization. I have a separate, a whole separate folder or sheet for, um, for content. That's and great. anytime I hear a recommendation or find something that I, I, I want to get to, I put it on the backlog. And then when I finish a book or kind of come to a, a season when I want to, um, look at something new. I just go to the backlog and look what's kind of piquing my interest right now or applying to my current circumstances. That way I know I don't lose the recommendation, right? but it's also not piling up on my to-do list and kind of forcing me to rush through the thing I'm currently in. Right. That's, that's great. That's a, that's a great tip. So I think that, uh, you know, both, so we're going to have two takeaways (laughs) for, uh, is that allowed? Okay. I don't know. Uh, two Hold takeaways. On, let's check. One yep, is is create that backlog because that's so valuable. There's so many good things out there. I think the second takeaway is give yourself permission and the time to find one of these good books that you've read over the years or that you want to read or a good podcast and and internalize it. Make some notes, outline it, do whatever it takes, you know, to allow it to seep in deeply. And that I think can have quite an impact. There you go, everyone. And if you're struggling, if you somehow, if you're just crazy and you don't have a list of books already, (laughs) here's another one for you. But yeah, for real, um, what is, what's the book recommendation today, Tommy? Uh, The book recommendation is by Julia Cameron, uh, The Artist Way. This is a good one. Uh, And um, the first part of the book, the book is about how to become a creative person and how she actually teaches people to become a creative person. And she has two different practices that get there. And the first of those practices is about what we've talked about in point number one. It's written pages. She just encourages people, whether they're uh, painters or musicians or whatever, to write three pages every day. And you think, well, what does that have to do with painting? And she suggests that that practice, that discipline of writing gets into our souls and it and it brings out the creativity in us. So that book, The Artist Way, is a, is a good way to, um, to, to go deeper into this. All right. And that's it for this one. We will see you on the next cast. Thanks. Here at the Greenhouse Effect, we are big fans of our friends at Belay Solutions. They are a company that provides virtual assistants and bookkeepers and social media managers. We want to give you a taste of what it's like to work with Belay from one of their clients. His name is Dave Richards, the CEO and lead coach for Elite Performance Associates. Belay saved me 
when I was focused on growing my business, you know, I can think of recently um, I was working with a high profile, uh, you know, federal government agency on a conference for them. And it had a lot of moving parts. You know, my VA allowed me to confidently let go of all of those things and just focus solely on preparing content and delivering a high value program to the client. Belay follows up with me. How can I give more this constant prodding of, you know, how do you, how can we help you more? How can we pull more from your plate so that you can do, you know, what you're meant to do and what you're best at? If you resonate with any of this and you want more information, we have partnered with Belay to offer $200 off of your startup costs. And if you want to learn more about that or have a free consultation with a member of the Belay team, just click the link in the show notes or go to belaysolutions.com backslash next step. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to subscribe and come on, do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It'll help others find the show too.